0: Hey everybody, I am Stephanie Goss and this is another episode of the Uncharted Podcast. This week on the podcast, Andy and I are tackling a topic that I was recently discussing with another practice manager who is struggling with a team member who is very pessimistic. And this manager was looking for some advice and some support on how to conflict manage the situation because this pessimistic technician has most of the team just looking at it, rolling their eyes and saying, this is just her being her. And there are a few people on the team who don't feel the same way. And this manager is struggling with how to figure out which way to address this from and the best way to approach it without making everybody upset. Let's get into this one. And now, the Uncharted Podcast. And and we
1: are back. It's me, Dr. Andy Rourke and Stephanie Stuck between a rock and a hard place, Goths. Uh. <laughs> it's a Rolling Stones song, I think. I'm pretty sure it's, it's, it's like new Rolling Stones, newish Rolling Stones. How's it going, Andy? <laughs> it's oh boy, it's it's bonkers. It's um, as we're recording this, it's the week before uh Christmas and it's it's crazy. Uh, the kids are out of school and um, just there's holiday things which
0: are great not complaining it's just a lot uh it's yeah yes well and this is that this is that time of the year too where it's like all of this like towards the end of the year all of the stuff has to get done right and i just like there's personal stuff that has to get done and lots of work stuff that's happening and trying to think about holidays and all of the things it is definitely definitely crazy yeah i
1: feel like is is and it's a conflict too, right? Like there's there's all the personal things. Like everyone has their stuff they're trying to get done, but they need other people, and those other people they have their own things, right. that They're trying to get done, <laughs> and so uh, when you ask other people for stuff, uh, it's a it's a long, slow process. But uh, but at the same time, we all feel great stress to get things done. Yes. I think I think that's the weird paradox of the end of the year is at the time it's most uh, wonderful to be present. Uh, it is also ridiculously hard because the world around you is swirling and everyone is trying to do their own being present thing. Yes, yes, it is. It's crazy. All right, let's get into this episode because we got a good one here. I'm actually really excited about this.
0: Me too. So, uh, there was a recent conversation that I was a part of, uh, and it was a manager who was asking for some help with conflict management within their team and they are struggling because they have a team member who they said is incredibly pessimistic and yes um they said like they're potentially the most pessimistic person i've ever met and they are also an incredible technician like maybe one of the most incredible technicians i've ever worked with and so they said 99 percent of the team just ignores the pessimism and just thinks of it as Kelly being Kelly, right? <laughs> when they when they're having a moment. However, there are a couple of team members who are much gentler, more sensitive souls, and they take Kelly's uh, pessimism totally personally. <laughs> and that when uh she goes on a on a rant or is just in a in a pessimistic state they take it super personally and so they are coming to the manager and are upset and frustrated because they feel like Kelly is directing negativity towards them as individuals rather than the situation themsel- uh, itself and so they are yeah. struggling with being able to see past taking it personally and so it is causing drama within the team because everybody's upset. Uh, this manager was like, I've talked to everybody individually and I've tried to get them to work it out, but I feel like I'm not getting anywhere because Kelly is who she is and her yeah. love of pessimism is, <laughs> and her outlook her is just who she is. And that it, I don't feel like I can change that. And I'm also really struggling to get the other team members who are more sensitive and gentle that's part of their personality and so i can't really ask them to change that either and so i feel like i'm between a rock and a hard place and i just don't want to lose anybody because i'm not solving the problem right because everybody on the team looks to the manager to be to be the voice of reason and just solve the problem and so this manager was just like i don't know what to do how do i mediate this conflict because I don't don't even know where to start.
1: Yeah, I like this question a lot. I like it a lot because the simple answer is that this manager has made a number of assumptions that have made her or him incapable of getting to a good solution. Sure. And As I read this, I go, that's an assumption. That's not true. Nope, that's not true either. And there are so many things here that I would push back against and question and, (laughs) and tinker with, and I was like, oh boy, I would say this manager has told herself a story sure. that that does not have an escape hatch. But I don't think that story is is accurate. And so I'm really excited to pick this story apart and try to make this situation look entirely different. So I'm not there. I don't know these people. I can't say exactly what to do. But I can make this, I can tell you an entirely different story that is much more hopeful then what is here.
0: I am glad about that because I will admit this is one of those episodes where I will say it's me. This was me. This was me. This was this is my clinic. I've had this person. I've been this manager and trying to see past I I think you're you hit it spot on and I'm super excited to get into this but trying to see past like the absolute yeah. of the situation and feeling like I have one of two solutions, right? Like that was me in the moment. I got very narrowed down into like this is the only yeah. way out. And so I'm super excited to talk about it from a place of perspective now, and to talk about it with you because I think it's so easy in the moment to see through a very narrowed lens um, because yeah. you're too close to it.
1: I I love I love these conversations in person uh, because I'll like, I'll be I'll be an event I'll be at a conference and someone come up and they'll tell me this and they see two options
0: mm-hmm.
1: and. I love it because I can make their head explode. Uh, just, <laughs> it, just standing there, give me ninety seconds, and, and I will. Uh, and I, I can often. It depends on the individual. I can often just shock them because I know this trap. I've seen this. Tra- We've all seen this trap. Mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. you get to the place where you think you have two options and neither of them are acceptable, uh, you're probably mistaken, right? Sure. Like you could be in a nightmare scenario. You know, you you're living in a saw movie, and there are two horrible <laughs> options, and that's all there is. I, probably not, probably not. So, okay, the first thing that you have to do in this case is stop thinking in absolutes. Okay, like you you got you like the uh, the the writer the writer is like, well, I got two options. I can put up with this forever mm-hmm. until everyone quits, quits uh-huh. or I can fire this really great person who has one bad habit immediately <laughs> and lose them forever. And I just don't know what to do. Uh-huh. And I'm like, that, those are not your two options. <laughs> Stop being in absolutes, right? It's not put up with this or fire this person, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's time to set realistic expectations. So, so let me just go ahead and start to uh, and start to lay down some realistic expectations about culture. I wrote an article about this. It's going to be coming out uh, in um. It's probably I think it's going to be February, probably around February first. It's going to be in, t- in today's vet business. That's it's my column, so it's already gone in to be edited. But I really like the piece, uh, and it's because I've seen so much of this. People think that that culture and having a good practice fit. Is a binary condition. You have it or you don't have it. And if you can build it, then you built it and it's built. And now you've built it and now you have it. And mm-hmm. it's gonna, you're gonna continue to have it. Mm-hmm. And that box mm-hmm. has been checked. And now you get to just live and enjoy living with the goodness of the culture that you have built. Mm-hmm. That's not how this works. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. <laughs> that, that, that's a ridiculous expectation. And people, yeah. and the thing is I get calls and you get calls, mm-hmm. we get calls all the time from people who are like, I have failed my team used to be happy and good and now it's not and people aren't getting along and someone has quit their job and left and the only reason can be because I have failed them in building a good workplace for them to be in just slap me across the face please because I deserve it and those are the types of self-flagellating emails that I get and uh, it's, this is lunacy. That's not how this works. Look, culture is a process. Yeah, Team fit is a process. It never ends. If you are having a wonderful time and everyone is getting along, hold that trophy. Suck that joy up. Like, suck it in through your pores. Mm-hmm. Because it's not going to last forever. Right. Something is going to happen. Yes. Like, it, it's going to happen. There's the only constant is impermanence. Yes. That is it. That's the only constant, and you got a good thing now, and that's great. And your chances of having a good thing and getting back to a good thing are higher, much higher when you're a good leader and you manage for culture and you prioritize for culture. But it doesn't matter how good a leader you are or how much you prioritize for culture. You are going to hit rough spots and people are going to leave and they are not going to get along and they're going to go through things in their personal life and they're Mm -hmm. going to bring that stress into the workplace. And it's not about you, but you're going Mm -hmm. to deal with it and you're going to say, oh, I have failed. You've got to put that aside and recognize Culture is a process and it is cyclical and mm-hmm. we are all going to go through, hopefully we're going to go through good periods and we're all going to go through bad periods. And if we're lucky, we're going to through a lot more good periods than bad periods. But the truth is guys, most of us are going to spend the majority of our practice of, of our practice life somewhere in between mm-hmm. a not mm-hmm. good workplace and an amazing workplace. And we're on the treadmill and we're trying to get in cultural shape and mm-hmm. that's, and that's, and that's where we live our life. And so, when this person says, I can fire this individual or I cannot fire them and everyone continues to suffer forever and those are the only two options I'm going, no, the option is the treadmill in the middle, mm-hmm. right? The mm-hmm. option is managing this and every now and then other people are less happy and every now and then this person is going to go back to their old ways and you're going to have to deal with it and you're going to deal with it and it's going to be okay but it's going to be a process. It's not going to be a problem that you probably fix and have it fixed. Right? Yes. And, yeah. Th- but that's not... I think people feel like if it's if it's not a problem that I can fix and have fixed and check the box on, then I must not be doing it right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And And that's not true. Some burdens can't be solved. They have to be carried. Mm-hmm. And that's culture a lot of the time is you go, I can't fix I can't fix people. I especially can't fix people who don't want to be fixed uh, or who don't want to help themselves. Sure. So I have to carry the load. And by carry the load, that doesn't mean suffer in silence. It means I have to God forbid, I have to manage these
0: people. (laughs) And you're like, don't say that! (laughs) No!
1: (laughs) Yes. You have to manage these
0: people. Well, okay. So I have a question for you. So sure. you are one of the most like uh, a positive and hopeful outlook people that I know. <laughs> okay. And it it's funny because I probably, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago in my career in vet med, shifted to the mindset that you're talking about, that I really got to a place where I was like, I am exhausted by constantly looking at things from a place of absolutes and feeling like, yes, I finally got this amazing team and oh, someone quit. And it would devastate me yeah. because it was like, I had worked so hard and I felt so good. And then it all fell apart. And that you, you I know you were, you were partially joking, um, you know, when you were teasing about people's self, uh, you know, flagellating, but that is a really real place especially for someone who is a high achiever of feeling sure. like this all fell apart and this is all my fault right so i i th- through a lot of <laughs> through a lot of therapy uh, <laughs> got to a place in my my own personal management journey where i was like this is life and i got to that place that you're talking about where i was like it's all cyclical and eventually someone is going to move. Someone's going to have a baby. Something's going to change within the team. And we're going to have to start all over again. We're not starting from square one. We're starting from the middle. And so we'll march back up. And and I started having this conversation with friends and I got accused more than once of that being a very negative outlook that something was always going to like it's always going to fall apart at some point. And, you know, in our team, we say that the cup is already broken, right? The cup is <laughs> like, already broken. And, and, but, but people were just like, that's such a negative outlook. And I really struggled with that because I was like, I feel like this is the most positive, healthy outlook that I could possibly have, knowing that we're going to have ups and downs and it's yeah. going to be good and it's going to be bad and it's going to be in between. And I can't control that, but I'm curious to hear your take on that because i can imagine that there's people listening to this who are just like well if you think about the fact that it's always going to break isn't that a really negative outlook
1: yeah no the answer is no. <laughs> uh yes and no uh <laughs> so here here's the thing okay so here's the weird positivity that i that i deeply believe in uh mm-hmm. you've heard me talk about you know um life is suffering and mm-hmm. life is struggling and yeah. i believe that i bu- i honestly guys i believe so he- here's the short version i believe that we are creatures formed in the fires of natural selection i believe that that is our hardwiring. the stuff that drives us mm-hmm. is the stuff that we have picked up evolutionarily from natural selection sure. right natural selection does not want us to be uh to be content Sure. Contentment is dead species. Mm-hmm. Species that are content, they don't uh, explore, they don't innovate, they don't seek out new environments, they don't take risks, they don't do anything that a species would need to grow and thrive, they sit. Sure. And evolutionarily, evolutionarily speaking, the temperature changes, the new predator arrives, that species is dead. They are extinct. They are wiped out. That is the history of the world again and again and again. And so we have been the most successful species on the planet. You know why? Because we are not wired to be content. We are wired to want. We are wired to struggle. We are wired to, it's called the hedonic treadmill. If you get this, if you got the biggest raise that you could ever want, the one you're thinking about, the one you're like, Andy doesn't mean this much money. Yes, I do. <laughs> That's how much money I mean. You're like, I would be happy. And I would go, and I say to you, no, you. Won't. No, you won't. <laughs> people who win the lottery, there's research on this. People, lottery uh-huh. winners are generally happy for about three months. Yep. And then they're just the same person they were before, but now they have money. Right. And they're like, but I don't, none of these other problems went away. My kids still won't talk to me. I still have headaches and, right. and my, you know, bunions and all the things that I have. <laughs> and i not, I don't look good in a swimsuit and all the things that they are sure they'll come back. And right. it's just like, well, money is one less thing. So anyway, we're not wired to be, to be happy. There's, there's no point where we're like, yes, we made it. Okay. So we are not wired to be happy, which means we are always going to be struggling. And so if you look around and you're like, God, my life is hard and I'm tired. That's normal. You're doing it right. That's unfortunately, that's what we signed up for. Right. That is the experience. <laughs> and so a couple of things come from that. Number one, you better hold on to the good stuff and enjoy it. And yeah. I really think that people don't do that. And that is one of the biggest things. So when I say hold the trophy, like I said five minutes ago, that's what I mean. And you should hold on to the trophy, right? So that's number one is hold on to the good stuff, right? Number two, realize that the greatest empowerment you can have is choosing how you struggle, right? picking how how you, it's like there's no perfect job every job is a job as soon as it becomes a job it's a job you know that hobby that you love doing the thing you're like this is great if people started paying you for it and you relied on it for your income it would stop being a hobby it would be job yeah and there'd be thoughts about it you'd be like i hate this and this, just, <laughs> this is how it is and so at least in that way you get to choose you would choose this is this may be a job but it's still my job and it's still mm-hmm. what i choose to do right? mm-hmm. and so we choose how we struggle Related to that, the cup is already broken. And what I mean when I say that, and again, it's the, it's the same mentality, right? So the, the cup is already broken comes from a story of uh, of a, a Buddhist monk, and he is sitting with his students, and he's got this teacup, and so he's got this teacup in his hand, and and the students are asking him about impermanence, right? About about how nothing in life stays. Isn't that depressing? Isn't that sad? Isn't that uh, exactly what we're talking about here? When you say, I know that none of this is going to last, right? I know that people are going to leave. I know I'm going to be back on the struggle bus Mm -hmm. dealing with this again. Isn't that sad? And so they say that to the Buddhist monk. Isn't that sad? And he looks at them and he holds up his teacup and he says, this is my teacup. This was given to me as a gift from one of my friends, and it makes me happy when I see it. And I love the way the sunlight hits it, and it uh, sparkles on the design, and it's so beautiful. And it holds my tea quite admirably. Mm -hmm. But I know that this cup will break.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: It will break. All things break. It will break. In my mind, this cup is already broken. And so... Every day that I wake up and it is not broken is a gift to me. And when it does break, I will be okay because I knew long ago that it was already broken. And so on our team, when we say the cup is already broken, that's what I mean. It's nothing is permanent. Mm -hmm. And so every day that we have it is a gift and every day that we don't have it, it's okay because we knew we weren't going to have it. And guys, i believe that that is the definition of true practical sustainable happiness and positivity and so thank you for saying that i'm an optimist i am an optimist and thanks for saying that i'm positive that's how i stay positive is not in some panacea world where i think everything is great it's going to be great but i can look at the broken world around us and cup was already broken and uh and that makes me happy Mm And so the same thing is true here. When we look at our team and we look at these people who are not getting along, the cup was already broken. Yeah. And, and if we get, and if we can get it to not be broken, then that, and then every day is a gift. Um, And so that, that's, that's why I see that. And that, and that's kind of, that's kind of how I have that, that kind of, that's kind of how I have positivity in these scenarios. And also to be honest about like, what are we up against? Right.
0: So I have a question for you because, uh, so that, so I was not kidding when I said said this, this is, we're talking about, we're talking about one of my practices and I've been there, and been this manager and, and on my team, the, the conversation from Kelly herself was, this is just who I am. I'm a bitch. Get over it. Like that was, you know, that was the conversation and that I really struggled with that on a personal level, but also from a, trying to manage this and manage the people perspective. Because when I looked outward in at the situation, it wasn't about Kelly and who she was. It was about what she was doing, the things she was saying, how she was saying it, um, the behaviors. And I really struggled with it because the team members who were the ones who got offended were, were just like, I, Okay, so I I guess I just brush it off because that's who she is. And I was like, no, no, because we have team rules that we don't yell at each other and we don't, you know, we don't throw each other under the bus or whatever the behaviors were that were being exhibited. And so I was like that. No, you don't just give up on this conversation because it's not about the person. It's about what they're doing.
1: Yeah, totally. Okay, so this is assumption number two that has locked our manager into a trap, right? She's entrapped herself with assumption number two. And the subject number true is, and she says this, um, she is, this is who she is. Right. This is who our um a pessimistic uh, yeah, pessimistic person is. And then uh the front desk, this is who they are. They are these these soft people who get their feelings right. hurt, and that's who they are. And I can't change who they are, so I'm defeated. And I'm like, yeah. if that's what you believe, you are defeated. Like this is right. a, this is a short <laughs> right. conversation. Cause you're right. It you can't help you. But That's not true. Right. It's not true. This is not about who she is. This is about a behavior that she is exhibiting. And so the classic mistake here with manager is to confuse the behavior and the individual. And Mm -hmm. once you say that something is an individual, you are screwed. Mm -hmm. You're screwed because you can't change people. Right. And uh, and there is no changing who someone is. But the truth and also it's it's you, it's hard to give people feedback, right? And and have them hear it. Because if you criticize who I am as a person, boy, I have got some evolutionary tribal status defense systems here that are gonna rise to the battle and make me argue against you and reject what you're saying because you're talking about who I am and my identity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's all it's all track. Don't even go there. Like that's a mm-hmm. that's a that's a swamp that you should not wade into. <laughs> it's it's not who she is. She, yeah. if she is a good technician, as you say, then she is a compassionate, kind-hearted person who is very smart and competent, who is choosing to communicate pessimistic thoughts continuously to mm-hmm. the staff. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that is the behavior of this person, right? Mm-hmm. And do not let them say to you, "This is who I am." Mm-hmm. I, I reject that, right? Um, and I, th- I think you know we talk a lot about um, we talk a lot about your job being a relationship, and that's just a metaphor that helps me a lot, and I like to think about mm-hmm. it. And mm-hmm. so um, our job is a relationship, which means if you're my technician, we have a relationship. Um, I'm not interested in being in a relationship when someone who comes in treats me like like crap, makes me feel bad, and then says, "Well, that's just who I am, you can mm-hmm. deal with it. Mm-hmm. I, I can deal with it by deleting your phone number from my right. phone, <laughs> you know, and not and not having you around. Walking away mm-hmm. and walking away, and that is how I deal with it because I'm not going to deal with someone who can't take any feedback like that or who treats mm-hmm. other people that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is a relationship, and so I can say, hey, this is a behavior, and this is how it makes me feel, or this is the problem that it causes. And I like you, and I and you see see the the goodness in you, and I see the benefits mm-hmm. in you this behavior needs to change Mm -hmm. and by twisting it back to this behavior she's not a pessimist and Mm -hmm. if you say she's a pessimist you are tying your own hands Mm -hmm. she's not she is a competent professional who communicates in a pessimistic way or communicates pessimistic negative thoughts
0: Mm -hmm.
1: to the other to other team members who reacts who reacts negatively to new ideas right Those are behaviors that can 100% be put down or coached or changed. But you have got to reject assumption number two, which is this is who they are. No, you can't change that. I'm here to tell you it's not who they are. They are who they are. But this is a behavior and we are going to address the behavior. And so they certainly have the power to change their behavior.
0: Well, and I think part of it, it um part of why it's such a swamp and a trap. <laughs> I call these the big gopher traps. Like that is a big giant gopher trap. Don't step in it. Because mm-hmm. um it when you when you make it personal and look at it as that's just who they are. This is Kelly's personality, right? Um, it it then you're disciplining or having conversations that are disciplinary in nature um, on a personal level, which is unacceptable from an HR perspective, right? It feels punitive. It feels, it can feel retaliatory on, on both sides. And that's the point is on both sides. So you are, you are labeling them as as a person and they can absorb that information from a personal perspective. She doesn't like me. She's, she's out, she's against Mm -hmm. me. She's out to get me, but I will tell you as the manager, It is also so easy to get into your own head that you are labeling this person and that is your view of them. And that is a very quick and fast, slippery slope, because I will tell you, having walked through this, it was very easy for me to look at Kelly and be like, God, she's a great technician, but oh my God, I just want to wring her neck, right? And that's not healthy for me or for Kelly, because the truth was I really liked Kelly and I all of a sudden, all of the other behaviors and all of the other things about my interactions with her were colored because I was making it personal versus looking at it, to to your point, Andy, is if I just look at it and I step back and take that that, um, 30,000 mile view, I can look at it objectively and look at the behaviors and it doesn't feel personal. And so I think that that goes both ways. And I think that's for me, that's why, number two, the trap number two is so important because it can affect them and their perception of you and how you deal with the situation. But it also very much affects you and your outlook on that person and the situation as a whole. So I
1: I agree with that. Uh, Assumption number three is this is a great technician. And I want to, uh, we got that piece of information and they're like, oh, she's super Mm -hmm. great. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: I'm like, wait a second, let let me get this right. You have a fantastic employee that you think might potentially drive away a number of other staff members <laughs> who are also very good. Okay. I just I just want to make sure I'm processing this. Like, oh, she's the best. Except, except that she's gonna except that she's toxic. She's fantastic. Like that's what I'm hearing from you. I just wanna make sure that I got this.
0: Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's what okay. you got.
1: <laughs> All right. Okay. So let's let's get in. Let's, let's back. Oh, it. gosh. Right, so, but that, that's what I hear. Like, this doesn't uh-huh. make any sense. All right. So he, here we go. Uh, let's talk about evaluating employees for a second. Uh, there's a number of different s- skills. That I like to use that you and I've talked about a number of times, and the one that I'm going to reach for into my tool bag right here is the old fit skill tool. Yep. Okay. So what I would do, what I would do is I would turn to this uh, manager and say, "All right, let's let's talk about let's talk about Kelly, the pessimistic technician. You say she's great. Um, on a scale of one to ten, I want you to rate for me." How how skilled is Kelly? And when I say skill, I mean technical skill, blood mm-hmm. draws, catheter placement, mm-hmm. you know, dental radiographs. However, however you, mm-hmm. you gauge skill. Is she a 10, which means she's the best I've ever mm-hmm. seen? Mm-hmm. Uh, is she a one where she's got awful? Uh, you would not let her touch your own pet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, wh- where is she? And I would get a number on fit and skill now. Usually when people come to me with things like this, what they're saying to me is she has high levels of skill. She is highly skilled. And they'll say, she's a nine. And they go, okay, cool, she's a nine. So she's really, really technically very good. Okay. The other part of this, which is equally weighted, at least equally weighted, is fit. Is she a good fit? Does she fit in with the team? Do people like her? Do they like to be around her? Does she make the workplace better? Does she communicate well? Right. Does she fit in with who we are or with our values and with the people that she has to work with? Mm -hmm. And I want you to rate her on that on a scale of 1 to 10. And here's where the rubber meets the road. Okay, this is where I'm going to really make my decision about how we're going to go here. If you come back to me and you say, ooh, she's like a 3, she causes fights all the time, then I would say, okay, cool. You have a a high-skill, low-fit employee. Mm-hmm. Alternatively, you might come back and go, you know, she's like an eight. Like she's like, once you know her, she's really great. She has this bad habit, but she's really great. And I go, okay. okay. These are very different positions. Mm-hmm. Okay. The toxic technician, just so you know, is a high skill, low fit employee. Mm-hmm. And that is how this works. Okay. So um, let me run through the quadrants real quick. Let's say that we have someone who's high fit and high skill. They're great technically at their job and everybody likes them. Mm-hmm. Right we we retain this person we yeah. we invest in this person we chain this person to the to <laughs> we don't let them go home at night because they might not come back like we we we, yeah. we carry we carry them on our shoulders from their car to the uh building so their feet don't have to touch the ground like that's how we that's how we celebrate them okay uh so that's high fit high skill okay now you've got um high skill low fit which is where we are right now we'll come back to that we've got high fit poor skill this is the person everybody likes but they make a lot of mistakes yep and the last is the low fit low skill they're not good at their job and nobody likes them Mm -hmm. we don't tend to see a lot of those people because they have been liberated Mm -hmm. right like they don't stick around um because nobody likes them and they're not good at their job uh (laughs) those people are employed somewhere which is sad but Mm -hmm. uh But if they were liberated, they would go find somewhere else where they had skills that better fit the job and Mm -hmm. they would fit in better. And so Mm -hmm. keeping them is probably not serving them any better than serving Mm -hmm. you. So anyway, that's a brief overview of the four quadrants. Now, toxic techs are high skill, low fit. Why is that? It's because if they weren't good at their technical work, they would be in the quadrant that is low skill and low and <laughs> You would fit them. them. Yes. They, they only get to be toxic because they're really good at the technical part of the job. So we yep. put up with the awful communication relationship part. Mm-hmm. And that's a mistake. It's possible that Kelly is toxic. It is possible that she is technically good and she is sucking the soul out of mm-hmm. the team and dumping toxicity into the waters. It mm-hmm. is possible. If that is true, she needs to be let go mm-hmm. and people are like wait 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 we can talk to her yes you can talk to her and we can try to coach her and i'm happy to talk to you about how to try to coach her uh just go ahead and start the cup is already <laughs> broken and go ahead and start <laughs> making plans because 80 80 plus percent of the time you're not going to coach back a toxic person once they're toxic mm-hmm. they need to be liberated to get a fresh start somewhere else yep um and then, again i'm speaking broad generalities but i'm yeah it ain't my first rodeo uh so just just file that away I suspect, based on the fact that I hear that she is the best technician and some of the other words that I'm hearing, I don't believe that this is necessarily a good skill, low fit, toxic person. I think this is a good skill, good fit person who has a bad habit or has a behavioral pattern that is career limiting. Yep. for them and that's how I would talk about it this is career limiting mm-hmm. Like you're not mm-hmm. going to get opportunities you're not going to move on and move up and get to do more things when I have to keep cleaning up after the mess that you make right mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so anyway I run through that exercise just because if you go oh no she's a three in fit Um, she's probably toxic and I'm going to be looking a lot more towards liberating her to go find somewhere else Um, mm-hmm. and yeah just I'm Everyone would probably be happier if she goes away, including her. If she's not, if she's a high fit, high skill employee with a bad habit, now this is worth, Mm -hmm. this is worth coaching. And we can a hundred percent coach this person if if she wants to be coached. But often if they're a good fit, they do want to be coached. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, those, those are two different scenarios. So that, that's the third assumption is this is a great employee who, has who's driving the staff away and I can't change her because that's who she is I'm like that doesn't stack up to me there's something something is wrong here in mm-hmm. this assessment
0: mm-hmm.
1: cool and, mm-hmm. and so I put all those things down right um stop thinking in absolutes it's not keep this person or um and and suffer the consequences of this behavior keep uh, going on and on and on or let this person go. The answer is often in the middle uh, and and uh, we manage this person and they'll probably have we hopefully we can get them back on the straight and narrow and they'll probably fall off and then we'll probably pick them back up. And this will be something that we'll continue to work on and coach because, uh, you know, a lot of times we have personality types. So we have to kind of work through them and change takes time. OK, uh, so have realistic expectations about the amount of improvement that we can expect. Right. The second uh, assumption is uh, assuming that this is how the person is it's like, nope. Separate the behavior from the individual mm-hmm. coach, the behavior, not the individual. And the last thing is ev- really evaluate this person. What are you dealing with? Um, and if their evaluation is negative, that may decide what we do. And ultimately, based on how we feel about those things, we are going to come to the big headspace question for me, and that is, what is kind? What is kind, right? Because I am not a hard ass. I, I. Sometimes I wish I was. I'm not. I'm a softie. <laughs> um, I'm a softie. I get my It's a, a true I story. <laughs> I know. And so I'm not. But I am. unwilling to let my business suffer and I will absolutely make the hard call. And here's how I make the hard call and here's how I feel good about it. I ask myself, what is kind? Mm -hmm. What is kind to me? What is kind to my family? What is kind to my staff? What is kind to the other doctors? What is kind to the people who have to work with this person? What is kind to the person who's causing the problem? Mm -hmm. And if the kindest thing for the person who is not happy here and is pessimistic and just thinks everything is awful. Right. And the people who are feeling bummed out and criticized by her and me and my clients is for this person to leave that I should do the kindest thing, which is liberate this person. Right. Honestly, that is that is the mental trick I play on myself. Some uh, self kung fu that I do. And ultimately, I go, yeah, that is the kindest thing. And so I'm a softy. I got it. I'm gonna go do the kind thing. And I, but I have to believe in what the kind thing is, and then I can do it. But I have to believe what it is. If the kindest thing, uh, there's the other alternative is that the kindest thing possible is to have a candid conversation with this person, this technician, and say, this is what I'm seeing, and this is what I'm feeling, and this is how this is, these behaviors are being received. And we need to make changes to go Mm -hmm. forward. And you need to know that this is not sustainable. And I really like you and I really want you to be here. It's not kind for me to not tell you if we have come to that point. I always say people should not be surprised when they get let go. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and if they are surprised, then someone did not communicate to them how their behaviors were being perceived, you know. And, again, that's broad generalities, but you get the point, right? It's not kind for me to not say anything to this person as relationships burn around her.
0: Well, and I think the reason that so many managers, myself included, because I've been here, sit in this place of indecision and don't do anything is because we're looking at it from a personal perspective. And so most of the time, it's feeling like you don't have the tools and you're not equipped to do the kind thing and have that conversation because there's some part of our brains that is still looking at it as Kelly is being a pain in my butt and I this is about her as a person and I don't know how to tell her that I'm going to let her go because her pessimistic attitude is the problem, right? Yeah. It's still, it is still personal and so we do nothing because we know we shouldn't just fire people because we have a personal problem with them, right? And we don't feel like we have the tools to be able to address it from an, from an appropriate place. And so I think um, I think this is a good place to take a quick break and then talk about how do we actually have that conversation because that is definitely a learned skill um, yeah. to, to be able to address behavioral challenges like this. Let's do it. Hey everybody, it's Stephanie. I just have to break in here for one second and make sure that you know about an awesome opportunity that is coming up that we do not want you to miss. We are back. We are back in person in April in Greenville. That's right. Our flagship conference in Greenville, South Carolina is happening in person for the first time in three years, and we are so, so excited to be back with you guys. It is happening April 21st to the 23rd, so put that on your calendar now, and if you head over to the website at unchartedvet.com forward slash April you can find all of the details as we sort them out. You will get to see the schedule as soon as we have it. Uh, You will get to see information on the speakers. We've got an event FAQ. You can shop our Uncharted gear. We've got safety information if you're wondering about being back in person. So if this sounds like something you would be interested in, head over to the website at unchartedvet.com forward slash April and reserve your spot. This event will sell out. We cannot wait to see you. So don't wait to put this on your calendar. You do have to be an Uncharted member to attend. You can find out all the details at the website. We'll see you soon. Now back to the podcast. Okay, so part of the challenge goes back to what we talked in the beginning, which is that you have to get out of the, the, the personal headspace because you can't discipline Kelly for being a pessimist can't that's right. that's not a th- from an HR perspective that's like the wrong thing to do right yep totally. so the question hey, I'm is I'm gonna punish
1: you for being who you are <laughs>
0: like that, 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 right that's not right. who she is that's not right. who she is that's but, the point
1: that's
0: the point So the question is, if we're asking ourselves what is kind, then we have to flip back to what you mentioned in the very beginning, which is that this has to be about the behavior that she is exhibiting, because the action steps we have to take here are all about having conversation, documenting those conversations, um, doing some coaching. And to your point, it's going to be ongoing, right? This is This is a behavior that has been exhibited more than once. If you have somebody who makes a mistake the first time, it's really easy to have a conversation with them and say, hey, I noticed this thing didn't go so well. Let's talk about this. And and that, that conversation is not the problem. The problem is for so many of us as managers, the behavior has repeated itself two, three, 200 times. And now we're like, crap, now we have to have the conversation. We don't know where to start because we haven't had any of the conversations along the way or the conversations have been too few and far between. And so again, to your point that you made at the very beginning of the episode, we're very much locked into this headspace of it has to be all or nothing. And now they've exhibited this behavior 200 times. And so now I have to discipline them for this. No, no. That's yeah. not the first conversation. If yeah. you've not had any of those conversations or if they've been too few and far between, then you yeah. start fresh over. and yep. you got to you, you got to start over and you got to say, hey, yeah. this is this is something I noticed. And we have to talk about this. Yep,
1: I agree 100 uh, percent. So so here's here's how not knowing a lot of the specifics. Here's here's how this generally sets up when it goes well. OK, mm-hmm. so the first thing is um, the cup is already broken. Uh, we're not aiming for perfection. We're aiming for improvement and mm-hmm. continued improvement. Right? Yes. Rome wasn't built in a day, but we've gotten to this point. We can get back out of it. Right? So yeah. Second thing is, um, to your point, and you're spot on. You're starting at the beginning. Like if you have not managed this condition, this behavior up to this point, just and that's not bad. Just take a deep breath, shake it out. And start from the beginning. Like, yep. okay, we're gonna we're gonna start. We're starting the process. Here we go. Okay. So, uh, so, that, so get get in that headspace. I'm gonna bring this person in, and when I do, I'm gonna speak in specifics. Now, I'm starting fresh, which means I'm not gonna go back and say I need to talk to you about 137 things. Uh, <laughs> they start back in May 2016. You're... Right. Uh, Yeah. uh, Jenna said, uh, I think we're going to get a new printer. And you said, this place is never getting a new printer. These guys don't do anything they say. Uh, That's what I want to start with. Uh, 2017 (laughs) May. Remember that? That was not okay. You shouldn't have said that. Um, No, no, just let it, let it all go. (laughs) Let it all go. Start fresh. Uh, But that said, we need to speak about the behavior and we need to speak in specifics. Yep. Right. I cannot bring him in. <laughs> I come in and say, uh, Kelly, you are a pessimist, and you know what Kelly's gonna say? I'm not. No, I'm not. Uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> you, you're, you're always saying negative things about me. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what Kelly's gonna say. Like, it, it's not gonna doesn't fly. All right. So you gotta it's speak to It's not gonna specifics. end well. Like, <laughs> it's not gonna end well. Like you already talked that I just in that small snippet, you just saw this conversation is on fire going down. You're like, uh-huh. it's not going to be anywhere productive. Uh-huh. All right. So so what do you do? Uh, she you got it, you gotta give her some slack and let her uh, let her make her own mistakes again. And then we need to talk in specifics. And so the way that I often set this up, remember when we start to have these conversations come from a place of compassion. I like Kelly, right? Mm-hmm. The, the manager likes Kelly. She yes. says she's great. And most of us are used to us. We like her. That's, that's great. That's good. It's a whole heck of a lot easier to work with someone who likes yes. you and who you like. Yes. Um. And so we're using relationships, right? Um, Coaching happens inside of relationships and relationships are built on trust. And so if I like this person and trust this person, I'm going to have a much better experience trying to coach them. And again, this is not about managing Kelly uh, in a military style or making her miserable or making her feel like she's not wanted or liked. It's about... The fact that I care about her and I'm seeing these problems and they're going to be career limiting for her and they're causing problems for people around her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's, what we're going to have it, uh, have that conversation. So speaking specifics, Hey, yesterday I, I heard this thing happened or I was there yesterday and I heard when you said this to Shauna, well, why did you say that? What, what happened? And that's honestly how I like to start this conversation is I don't want to call her in and lecture. I'm going to call her in and say, I heard this. What happened? Mm-hmm. Why did you say that? And people say, well, you know she said it. Just write her up. Go, nah, see, seek first to understand. Wh- what is going on here? Because here's the thing, right? Um, I need Kelly to figure out why she said what she said. And if Kelly figures out why she said what she said, then she can choose to not say it again next time. But mm-hmm. if she doesn't know why she said what she said, she's going to have a hard time not repeating that behavior. Because mm-hmm. doesn't you know where it comes from. And so I, I'm going to try to help her find that. But also, I, I want to understand, like, what's going on with her? Mm-hmm. Is, is there something I can support her in? Is there, is there something else going on behind the scenes? Like, I want to have a productive conversation. It's not a gotcha conversation. It's not one where I'm like, aha, I have figured you out. And now you are pinned down and you can't make any more mistakes. Like, no, mm-hmm. she's a human being. And, and mm-hmm. I like her and I want to support her. So, you know, ask, first of all, what what happened? And then I'm going to listen and then I'm going to talk in consequences. I'm going to say, hey, when you say things like this, this is what the outcome is. This is this is what other people take away from that. Mm-hmm. This is what I have to deal with because people come in here crying, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like and, and, and again, if she doesn't understand the consequences of her behavior, she's not going to change them. And so, I'm, again, I'm not trying to be nasty, but I, she needs to understand when you do this. This is the outcome. This is what it caused. Mm-hmm. And then I want to talk about what the consequences are for her. And when I do that, I'm not talking about punishments. And that's right. why you're getting written up. Right. I'm talking about I'm talking about where she's going and what the long-term consequences are. One of the keys in coaching, right? And the difference that coaching, the coaching difference in from feedback is intense. It, these are future-facing conversations. Hey, if this When we have conversations like this, it affects how the team works with you. And I'm worried in the future, you're not going to get opportunities or you're not going to be able to get to do the things that you want, or there's going to be doors that would open that you're not going to be able to go through. Hey, I I would like to see you in more of a leadership role Mm -hmm. in the coming years, but that's not going to be a door that's going to be open if we continue to have this exact behaviors, right? If people tend to feel this way about Mm -hmm. you and I want to support you and I want you to be successful here. And so I'm really, you hear me leaning into coming in this from a point of compassion and trying Mm -hmm. to help this person. And so, so talk in the future tense. This is, this is how you can develop. This is where you can go. This is my concern for you going forward. And I'm not, I'm not talking about the past and the 137 times she's done this before. Right. I'm talking, I'm talking about what happened here recently and what it means going forward. And then what I'm going to do after we've talked about this is we're gonna talk about what she can do next time because she can't change last time. It'd right. be nice if she apologized, but she didn't have to. I mean, the big thing for me is don't do it again. And and, and I can only change the future.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I'm gonna talk to her and say, what what are we gonna do differently next time? Can you can you promise me that you'll do that differently next time? Mm-hmm. And hopefully she's gonna agree and say yes, or she's gonna say this is what I'm gonna do. I'm not gonna tell her what to do differently. I need her to decide what she's gonna do differently. Mm-hmm. I need her to own this behavior. So and say, hey, what can you do differently? when you have these communications and let her propose a solution so it'll be her solution Mm -hmm. and then the last part is i'm gonna i'm gonna have to start holding her accountable which means when she goes out and the next day the same thing happens again i'm gonna have to say something to her Mm -hmm. i'm gonna have to say hey we just talked about this yesterday and i heard that this is what went down what happened i'm gonna repeat the process but ultimately what happens is not hey you're pessimistic and we're gonna to have to let you go, or you're pessimistic and you're getting written up. What's well, gonna to have to happen is, hey, we have had mutual, or we have had many, many meetings about this behavior, and you say you're gonna make changes to it, and you're not making changes to it. And now I'm concerned about your truthfulness, about your willingness to change. the The fact that you keep saying you're gonna do these things and then you don't do them, mm-hmm. and that's why we get written up. And Mm -hmm. those are the reasons that, you know, that we're not going to be able to stay on because you can't continue to say you're going to do things and then not do them. Mm -hmm. And that's it's a different conversation, but that difference is important. And hopefully we don't get to that, but it does set us up for a better coaching position. Um, The last thing I want to say, I think a lot of people get this wrong. Uh, It's really hard to police culture, meaning it's hard to jump on this person, Kelly, every time she makes a mistake and pull her into the office. Mm -hmm. And guys, that's not how any of us really want to be trained. No, we, we want we want to be trained with positive reinforcement, right? And so, just as much as you look for Kelly to be pessimistic, look for Kelly to be optimistic and positive. Mm-hmm. And just like training a new puppy, as soon as they do the behavior you want, jump in with praise and celebration and treats and rewards. Mm-hmm. And guys, I say that uh, any, anyone who's heard me talk about about feedback knows that I say this. Um, <clears throat> People are simple animals. I don't care how many degrees you are. This is not saying this because as a technician, I would do it to the doctors. how you train doctors mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is you set the expectation, you look for the positive behavior and you reward the heck out of it. hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I I think that that is so true. And I think one of the things about rewarding it that's really important is it doesn't have to be in front of everybody it doesn't have to be you know a giant over-the-top thing but it's so small little things hey I noticed when it was really crazy today that you really kept your cool and you didn't make any negative comments and I just want you to know that I really appreciate that right like it doesn't have to be a big thing but that little bit of reward because change is hard and when you hear yes you're doing this well That is so important and it makes such a difference. And I think it's really easy as a manager when you are having to have hard conversations with somebody and you're looking at something from a disciplinary perspective, it's so easy to get sucked into the cycle of only looking for the negative. And so part of this goes back onto the manager that it is your job to look at it not in, when is the next time am I going to ca- catch Kelly in one of these behaviors so I have to write her up again? But how much work is Kelly putting into this? When can I celebrate her successes? And you might have to look really hard for some of yeah. them in the beginning. But the re- the return on investment, when you look at it from the perspective of positive reinforcement versus the the negative, uh, now I have to discipline you, is so huge on both both sides. Yeah. I, I,
1: I agree. I I think that that's just, I don't know. That's, that's just training and and positive reinforcement. So, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. And I guess here's the other thing. Think about how you would feel. When Mm -hmm. was the last time that your boss came up or someone in your clinic came up and said, Hey, I saw that you did this specific thing and it was great. And I just really want to thank you for doing that. It was really well done. Like it's probably embarrassingly rare, that it happens. And it's just, it's hard to do as a manager. You have to, you have to prioritize it, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, this is
1: a good one. I think so. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I enjoy it. Like I said, I really, I like these a lot. And just, I hope, I hope for our, for a manager friend, I hope it kind of, um. I hope it gave some perspective, right? I don't, it doesn't sound like this is a straightforward black or white fire this person <laughs> or, uh, or deal with this bad behavior forever. There's definitely a middle path, and we're going to try that first. And if it doesn't work out, then it doesn't work out. But at least we've tried a coaching solution. And, mm-hmm. and uh, if this person really is the great tech that you say that she is, um, you may have some real success with coaching, right? People mm-hmm. have to want it. They have to want to get better. But honestly, most of us want to learn, and we mm-hmm. want to improve, and we want to be more popular with the people we work with. And we want to be better at our job, mm-hmm. and we want to feel like we're developing, and we're going to get more opportunities. Mm-hmm. Those, those aren't those aren't rare traits most people have those um so we just lean into them
0: i love it this is a good one have a great week everybody yeah everybody take care of yourselves well gang that's a wrap on another episode of the podcast and as always this was so fun to dive into the mailbag and answer this question And I would really love to see more things like this come through the mailbag. If there is something that you would love to have us talk about on the podcast or a question that you are hoping that we might be able to help with, feel free to reach out and send us a message. You can always find the mailbag at the website. The address is unchartedvet.com forward slash mailbag, or you can email us at podcast at unchartedvet.com. Take care, everybody, and have a great week. We'll see you again next time.